You're going to sing? Good morning, everybody. We would just start with number 394. classified as a bad day when those re when those bells go ringing is it uh it's a happy day uh you know i uh, i often think about responders in this life and how that when the when the toll bell rings you know they have to respond to that um you know i believe there's going to be a day that god's going to call for us and you, it's not like you get a choice you know i, I remember taking role in class sometimes and there would be somebody off back here in the middle of distracted or playing with something i'd call their name and they wouldn't, they wouldn't listen. They just weren't paying any attention. And finally, I tell somebody, and I knew they were there, but I wanted them to know they were there. So I'd say, get so-and-so. And, -and, -so, and I'd say, are you here? Well, yeah. Uh, and this, my point is, is that, you know, they didn't always pay attention when their name was called. There's one thing I want you all to know about this. Uh, when it comes time to leave this world and God calls your name, you don't get a chance to play dumb or hide or get distracted. When your name's called, you're going to have to give an answer. Uh, you know what, folks, when God calls my name, uh, I'm going to rise and I'm going to go. Uh, but until that day comes that God says, Scott, I want you to come, uh, then I'm going to keep laboring for him. And I don't know what God has in store for me today. Uh, I've got some things I feel like's on my heart, but all I know is this, is that it's going to be a glorious day uh, when God calls my name. Until then, uh, there's work to do. And I pray that every soul that's here, that you're in that same category, that you're ready. Uh, if the Lord sees fit to call you today, you're ready for that day. If you're not... 
uh, then I pray that this is the day you get ready. Folks, what a beautiful fall day God's given us. Uh, I love the fresh air and the, and the beauty of uh, just seeing the places we come in this morning off. It's just amazing to stop and look at God and what He's orchestrated. And then God started working in your life, and we've all started coming together here, and now we all are uh, in one place, and God has something uh, amazing in store for us, and I can't wait to see what He has. Uh, and I pray that God has just been with you this week. Uh, he's been with me. And we mentioned a lot of people in Sunday school uh, that are still sick. They've, uh, they've, you know, diagnoses are not too well. And some of them have lost loved ones. And we're praying for them. And we're praying for those that uh, are just going through a struggle. Some of them financially or whatever. You know, there's just different needs. Uh, but I'm glad I serve a God that can supply all of those needs here this morning. I wonder this morning, though, if you might have a, a prayer request you might want to mention again. Uh, or you might want to add to what we've already said. Has anybody got a prayer request or anything on your heart this morning before we uh, pause and have a word of prayer? Anybody got anything? Or maybe an announcement. You may have an announcement uh, you might want to make. Um, anybody got anything you want to mention this morning? <clears throat> Again, we pray for those that couldn't be here. Uh, I know some that couldn't be here this morning. and uh, For various reasons, we want to pray for them. But uh, the unsaved, whether they're in the church house, whether they're in their homes, whether they're driving down the road, uh, on their jobs, wherever they are, folks, I believe God can visit them. Uh, and I pray that wherever they are, that God would visit them. Uh, and if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want you to know you're part of our prayer this morning is that God would just visit you, touch you, and draw you to that place and save you, folks. There's just nothing like it. Uh, before we do continue the service, let's pause and uh, every heart just pray whatever's on your heart this morning. Uh, but I'm going to ask Brother David, if he'd mind, if you'd lead us in this word of prayer with them. Pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would be with this service this morning, Heavenly Father, and be with Brother Scott, Lord, as he stands before us, Heavenly Father. We just pray, Lord, that you would lay a message on his heart, Lord, that we stand in need of, Lord. Lord, most of all, Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord, if there be any here lost this morning, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that that, that message might strike their heart, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you might convict them, Lord, deeper than they've ever been convicted before, Heavenly Father, because we realize, Lord, that you have the power, Lord, to reach down, Lord, and save them out of my pit of sin, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just pray for this country, Heavenly Father, because we realize, Lord, that we have strayed away from you, Heavenly Father. We realize, Lord, this country was founded on the foundation of God, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that we as Christian people will be on our knees, Lord. Praying, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we would turn back to you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just pray, Heavenly Father, for all of our children, Lord. Because we realize, Lord, the devil is out there, Lord. He's out there waiting on them, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you would put a protective hand around them, Heavenly Father, Lord, and protect them from the temptation, Heavenly Father, from Satan, Lord. Lord, again, we just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would be with this service this morning, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that we carry it out, Lord, in a manner, Lord, that be pleasing to you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we'll be careful, Lord, to give you all the honor, Lord, and praise for it all, Lord. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
what a savior he really is uh, for me. Uh, folks, I, uh, I can't explain to the unsaved how wonderful it is um, to be saved by the grace of God. Uh, I just, I can't tell you what it's like. And I pray that, uh, not just that I would try to tell you, but that you would get to experience for yourself uh, how good it is to belong unto him and to his kingdom. So, uh, again, it's good to be here. Uh, if you got anything you want to say or do at any point, you just feel free to, uh, to say and do that. And uh, we'll trust God that everything has a purpose and a plan and a reason for that. So, if you brought your Bibles this morning and you want to follow along, and if you didn't bring one, there's probably one in the pew in front of you. If it's not, uh, you just talk to the person around you, and there's probably one laying around. So, uh, But if you do have your Bibles, uh, I want you to mark the book of Genesis chapter 6 uh, for just a moment uh, and turn over to the book of Second Peter chapter 3. Again, mark Genesis chapter 6, if you will, for just a moment. Uh, and let's turn over to the book of Second Peter uh, chapter 3. Uh, in just a little bit. And as you're turning to Genesis chapter 6 and marking that with whatever means you mark it with in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, I want to ask you something. Of all the things that in life that we're told are going to happen, how many of those do we 100% believe are true? Whether man tells you it's going to snow, people flock to the store. Uh, if somebody tells you something bad's going to happen, we believe in those things. It's almost like we want to believe in them, but... Maybe hoping, maybe we don't believe in them. Of all these things we're going to see this morning, I want you to see that Peter's going to teach us and tell us that there is a judgment told that it is going to happen. Now, the thing about this judgment that Peter's going to talk about is, is that, folks, I believe in it. And here's the thing are you ready for that judgment? The book of 2 Peter, I want to read back a little more than that, but I want to read you one verse, if I may. 2 Peter chapter 3, and I want to read to you one verse, 7th verse. But the heaven and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. There is a judgment told that is going to happen. This morning, if I were to ask you what's your belief or what's your, your, your desires as far as do you think it's going to happen, I hope that everybody here would say, Preacher, I'm 100% sure that there is a day coming we shall be judged. Amen. Now I want to go back and look at Second Peter chapter 3 as a whole for just a minute. You see, there was a day in the very beginning of time that God created the heaven and the earth. Matter of fact, before the flood, people lived a different time in a different way than we did. Has anybody here lived to be six, seven, eight hundred years? Or do you have anybody in your immediate family that's lived that long? And that's a rhetorical question. I know you haven't. You see, before the flood, people lived long lives. But even know this, that of all the old people that we want to read about, they still died. Now, as we talk about how things changed drastically after the flood, isn't it amazing that such a drastic event as the flood transpired and how soon, soon people forget what God can and His promise to do. Remember this as we read 2 Peter chapter 3. God said and He promised us, and it's very well documented now, that every time we see a rainbow in the sky, that's a promise of God's love. It's a covenant. God said that the next time he's not going to destroy this earth by water, 
But he did say the earth is going to be destroyed by fire. Second Peter chapter 3 and in verse 7 said, Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now here, and if you mark uh, the book of uh, uh, Genesis, we're going to turn back there in just a minute. But in the book of Genesis chapter 6, I want us to turn back for just a minute. And I want us to look at something for just a second. That if you'll notice in the book of Genesis chapter 6 and down in the 12th verse. This is what happened when God destroyed the earth by water. And God looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt. Did God corrupt the earth? I didn't read the end of that. We're talking about the evilness, the sickness, the pollutedness of human beings and what they did. Notice what happened. It was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God saw Everything. I'm going to talk about global warming here in just a minute. And I have no desires to mix, mix this in. But you know what the, the scientists will tell you today is that all the pollutedness of man is causing this, this elevation and heat. We'll talk about that in a minute. Folks, today, don't worry about the global warming that the world may tell you is happening. You need to worry about the fire and the judgment of God that is told it is going to happen. We're told over and over again, the ozone and how it's changing and how that, that if we're not careful and we don't preserve things, that this could happen. I have no desires this morning to tell you what could happen to the earth by which you live. I'm here this morning to tell you what is going to happen. And there is a judgment that will happen. It's not about whether you're burning cleaner fuel or whether you're, you're, you're doing things in a, in a better way. It's all about God is going to judge sin. Now, again, I'm not trying to get sidetracked on those things. We'll come back to that in a minute. But if you notice, again, I'm going to flip back and forth. But if you notice what happened in 2 Peter, uh, in the book of 2 Peter there in that third chapter, and notice what he said in the sixth verse. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Notice what's going on here. It talks about the condition that the world had gotten in and what God has done. Genesis chapter 6 said God looked upon this earth and it was corrupt. Not because what he has done, but because what's man's done. Our society is very quick to point out the faults of other people. But the fact is, folks, every person that can point at this or that or to the lefts, to the rights, to the ups, to the downs or whoever you want to point at, the truth is, it is every single one of us as human beings, we have sin. There's not a greater, there's not a least, there's not a more or less. We all are sinners today and the judgment is told it's going to happen to every single one. Let's look at Genesis chapter 6 for just a minute. And it says there in that 12th verse, And God looked upon the earth, and it was corrupt. I find the definition of the meaning of the word corrupt very interesting. It means it was marred. It was in ruin. You know what happens when you get a vehicle marred in mud? It means it gets stuck. It can't get out. 
Let me tell you something about your sinfulness this morning. And I'm just going to be pretty straightforward with you. You cannot get out of the sinful condition you're in. You need help. And that's not a preacher, that's not a deacon, or that's not your favorite person in the world, folks. We need Jesus. That's who we need in our life. He is the only person to deliver you out of the marred that you are in. Notice what he said. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. It was going to ruins. It was marred up. And look at the condition it was in. Let's back up for just a minute, Genesis chapter 6. Verse 7, notice what God said here. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God looked upon this world and said, I'm going to destroy everything. Now, isn't it amazing how that birds and a lot of critters, we might say, can get up out of water? But you know what? God said, I'm going to destroy every one of them. Every branch that a bird would land upon, He said, I'm going to bring water so high that everything other than those in the ark, outside of the ark, they will not be safe. Again, I'm going to be pretty straightforward with you folks. Outside of the ark of Jesus Christ, you are not safe. It's not a safe place to be this morning. Is there anybody here, if you remember what happened in the days of the flood, Noah preached that the wrath of God was coming and they all just decided they were going to keep just living their life and they were going to keep living it up and enjoy things because they didn't believe? That's exactly what 2021 seems like now. People are just living it up and they're just living their lives and they're doing their thing. They're not worried about the promises of God that He's going to bring His judgment. They're just simply worried about living their life. And that's one of the damnable heresies that we hear out in the world today is you've got time. The truth is none of us know exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And that's why Peter is warning. He said, Both the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved in the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The world was corrupt in the days of Noah. That's what this uh, sixth chapter and even the sixth verse it said. And it repented that the, uh, the Lord that he had made man uh, on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Yeah. Folks, we don't just become a thorn in the side of God. It says it grieved him in his heart, the condition of man. I think about me so often and I think about how I look at our society today. And I look at people and the cruelty of people. I look at the meanness of people. I look at the mischievousness of human beings. Not a certain class or group of people. It's human being as a whole. The selflessness and all these things that encompass that. And I thought, Lord, how much do these things tug at my heart to see our society in the condition it is? Folks, let me tell you, our hearts don't break near what it does the hearts of God. God today, when He looks upon the things, He sees all. Think about this. Of the things that you see and the disturbing that it gives you, Think about God that sees all of these things. And it says, And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man that I have created from the face of the earth. Both, uh, he says, the beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. Now notice what we're reading here in Genesis chapter 6. 
Let's skip on down a little bit more there if you got that mark. Notice what it says in the 11th verse. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. That just means cruelty and injustice. All these things are, are, are happening today. Isn't it amazing when you think about injustice, that just means things that should happen? Man, we can drive ourselves absolutely crazy thinking, well, I wish that these people aren't getting what they deserve. Let me tell you what's going to happen in 2 Peter chapter 3. Mankind is going to get exactly what we have been told is going to happen. It's the judgment and the wrath of God is going to happen. And he tells them these things are going to happen. But the, the, the descendants here that we read about, of, uh, of, of when you read about Seth and you start reading about uh, and, and how they married into ungodliness and how they unequally yoked, and you see that became a problem today because when, when, when righteousness marries up with unrighteousness, then there's a compromise that goes on. You see, we, we sometimes want to think that the world and the church should be the same. But I want to tell you, I disagree with that, folks. We are not a representative of the world. We're a representative of Christ in the world. It's two different things. And you know what? Sometimes the church has to realize is that we can't just say that what the world says okay, that we say is okay. We have to understand is that God has told us these things are going to happen. And in that 6th chapter and 11th verse it says, And the earth also was corrupt. And it says, And the earth was filled with violence. Second Peter chapter 3. Look at the world that is. And the heavens and the earth which are now. We're not talking about pre-flood. We're talking about what is things like now. By the same word which are kept in store. This is what's going to happen to the current condition. He's going to talk about fire. He's going to talk about judgment. He's going to talk about perdition there in uh, Genesis, excuse me, Second Peter uh, chapter 3. And it says, By the same word which are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So let's go back now to the very first verse of Second Peter. Peter said, how in the world could you forget about what God has, has already done and what God is going to do? Let's read this. The second epistle, beloved, now write unto you, in both, both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior, knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Now, what are these? These are mockers. Here are you people that are all worried about the Lord coming back and you're missing out on life. Folks, I'd rather miss out on life and get ready for death than I would to live life and miss out on what God has promised, eternal life. What, what are the scoffers today? The scoffers are those that say... You can do all that religion and church going you want to, but I'm going to live up life and I'm going to soak up all the time that I can. He said, in the last days. Can I ask you a very personal question? And, and I'm not asking you for any kind of a statistic that you can prove or anything. I just want to ask you in your own heart. How many people do you think are in the church house this morning versus... Not concerned about the things of God. It's not it's a personal question. I'm not asking you to give me an answer or defend your answer. I'm just simply asking you. 
Do you think there's a time that people are not concerned? Fire, fire, the house is on fire. Ah, they're just saying that again. Folks, today I want to tell you this. I believe in the fire of God. I believe in the judgment of God, and I believe it's real. And that's why this morning we see that there's a world that's out there saying, Ah, if it hadn't happened after all these years, then it's not going to happen. You know, there's another group of people that I'm reminded about this morning that got impatient. Moses was their leader. They got impatient while he went up on the mount to get the commands of God. And when they got impatient thinking, well, Moses is not going to come down. So you know what they did? They said, fine. Let's all pitch in our earrings and our jewelry and our bracelets and our necklaces. Let's pitch all this stuff in. We're going to melt it down. Let's make us a golden calf. And instead of following after God, we'll follow after riches. And I want to pause and I want to translate this story again. You mean to tell me that it is possible for human beings to get impatient with the coming of the one so they start turning to riches? Oh, folks, today, be careful what this world will tell you. For the love of money can be the very root of all evil. And what we mean by that is it's not wrong to pay your bills and to, and, and to have some money to pay more bills. What it is is that when you realize is that this is everything in our life and the people turn to the riches and all of a sudden Moses come down and he had to say, who's on the Lord's side here? He said, I can't tell the difference and, and who's who and what's what. Why? Because they were all mixing and mingling together. You know what today, folks, I wonder how easy is it for the Lord to look down upon this earth and he can see that. But how easy would it be to look upon this earth and tell the saved from the unsaved? You know what today, folks, I believe in a distinguishable lifestyle that we should live. And I'm not saying that we're better, but I will say this, we are different. For I believe anybody that has the Spirit of God in them will live a different life than those that do. There's good moral people that's not saved, but I don't believe they have the Spirit of God that gives them that, uh, that, 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 that uh, born-again experience that they have. But here in 2 Peter, he said, you have forgotten about what God said He's going to do. You have forgotten about these things. He said, these people are going to laugh, they're going to scorn, and they're going to mock you. But notice what he said, they're going to walk after their own lust. I'm not worried about what the Bible says. This would apply to my life a whole lot better. You know why a lot of people are offended by church? Do you know why a lot of people are offended by the Scripture? Because it goes against who they are. This world will tell you, you just need to go out here and be yourself. You just need to go out here and whoever you are deep down inside of you, you need to let that inner person out and you need to just be yourself. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Who are we naturally, folks? We are sinners. But yet all around us we encourage so many people to say, just be yourself, just be natural, just be a sinner. If that's who you feel comfortable, folks, let me tell you something about sin. There is comfort in sin for an unsaved person. There's comfort in that. And there's, there's a desire that we might come into that place and stay there. And notice what Peter said. He said, you might as well get ready. He said, because in the end days, he said, they're going to be scoffers. He said, they're thinking there's nothing to this, this Jesus that you talk about. He said, they're going to turn away from the gospel and they're going to come up with their own ways. Do you ever want to just sit down and look at all the teachings and all the, quote, doctrinal things that are out there today? Why are there so many? Because... People want to find something that fits their lifestyle. Folks, there's one thing that should fit your lifestyle. It's not a denomination. It's not a certain branch. Folks, it's the gospel that we abide by. And Peter said, he said, there's going to come a day. He said, notice what he said here. There's going to come a day. 
He said that they're going to turn. He said there's scoffers walking after them last. And they're going to say, where's the promise of His coming? He's, again, it's like Moses going up to the mountain. He says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The sun still rises and the sun still sets. So where is this Lord at that you're saying? You know, how many times, and I'm not here to give you the history lesson of things, but the truth is, how many times have people predicted, well, this is when it's going to happen and this is how it's going to happen. And that day is in the past. Well, no, 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 let's recalculate. This is when it's going to happen and this is how it's going to happen. Then they have to recalculate something they didn't take into effect of, of, of the days or whatever. They, they'll recalculate in. But let me ask you something today, folks. I believe there's a day that's already known by God. He's already reserved it. It's already been set aside. And he said, these things are going to happen. But these people, he said, they're going to get to a place that, that they're, they're going to do. They said, where's this coming? He said, day after day, he said, ever since our fathers have fell asleep and they died, he said, it's still happening. For he says, verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. We're talking about the world that was. Now we've made it up to the world that is in verse 7. Notice what he said. He says, the world that is right now, he said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, all this righteousness and immorality and all these things that are, that are going on today, folks, I believe that the, when we talk about immorality and these things, we're talking about things that are going to last forever. This earth and the way things are now, it's not going to be like this forever. And I'm glad it is that way. But he says, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in, uh, in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He's talking about a future day also that's going to happen. And in other words, things are being stored there. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that it is possible for you to experience something here in this life that is being kept in heaven? The scripture teaches us, lay for therefore up for your treasures in heaven, not on the earth. What are you living for today? Are you living for the current moment by which we're in? Are you worried about heaven? You know, a lot of people will tell you, let's think about now. And you know what? I don't disagree with that. You have to take care of your life here and now. But I'll tell you this, do not let that become more important than your hereafter. And that's what we read here in the book of uh, 2 Peter there, in, in that third chapter, how he talks about that, uh, uh, he says, reserved in the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Folks, God has an agenda, and man cannot change it. We are finding out in the secrecy, or I guess you would say in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the powerful method by what I call marketing, people want to sell things. They want to try to change a person's mind. Some people talk about subliminal messages or they might talk about ways or whatever they want to do and, and, and try to put images in front of people, make them, you know how it is, you make them crave something because they see it. You know what, people today honestly think that they can change God's mind, but the truth is, it's going to happen. 
God has an agenda. God has a purpose. And I believe that seventh verse there, he says that it is reserved unto fire against that day. Global warming. A lot of people will talk about global warming to, for agendas. You know, they have purpose and agendas to try to tell you, well, global warming is happening, so therefore we got to do this. Well, this is going to happen, and I'm a science person. I, I believe in, and I'm going to say, I'm a fully science person, but I understand enough science that I believe in that. But I believe some things are so microscopic that you're not going to notice much of a change. But I also believe there's coming a day that it's going to be a sudden drastic change. Here's a fact. Every single one of you, since you walked in those doors, you have aged. Every one of you. And that's microscopic. Very, very small. But you've aged since you've walked in here. Do I believe that, that things are changing out in, in our atmosphere? Yes. I'm not, I'm not here to debate that. What I'm saying, what we're reading about in 2 Peter is not a gradual change that's going to happen, but it's a sudden change that's going to happen. And that's why he said here, uh, he says, uh, he says, by the same word which are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. Notice what he says in that 10th verse there of 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Well, I thought this was going to be gradual. He said, oh no. He said, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Folks, we're not talking about global warming. We're talking about the wrath of God. We're not talking about a gradual change for, for some kind of a, a hidden agenda that may be out there. We're talking about the promises of God being fulfilled. And he said here, and that's what he talks about in the 10th verse. He said, not just a normal fire. There's lots of things. And I love the science of that. You know, some things to change the state they're in have to have different temperatures. In other words, metal is not going to change its form at the same temperature of what a piece of wood is. Two different degrees. But he said, read that again. It says, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Folks, we're not talking about just an ordinary heat. We're talking about something only God can do. When we talk about a judgment that has been told is going to happen, this is something only God can do. This world makes a very strong attempt at judging you. And what I mean by that is, they want to look in your heart and see what's going on. It cannot happen, folks. There is not a single person that can look at you this morning and say, you're saved, you're lost. This is what your heart feels and this is what it don't. We can't do that. Only God knows that. There's something reserved for God and the Spirit of God. This morning, one of the most powerful things that we do this morning and come together is if God by His Spirit has shown you something, then that is God judging you. He looks upon your heart. And we believe these things are told are going to happen. But notice what He said here. But He says, reserved unto fire. He said, and this, this, this tenth verse there, shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are in. Whew. It's one thing for material things to be burned up, but he also said the works of them are going to be destroyed too. Did you ever read that verse real slow? Not just the contents, but the works. He says, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, 
the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned. You know why I said lay your treasures up in heaven? Do you know why I say that our salvation is in Christ? Because He is not of this earth. He is in another place that we call heaven. And He said here that it shall be a fervent heat. A fire against the day, He said, uh, of judgment and perdition. That's an interesting word, perdition. It's not something I use in my everyday language. But the word perdition just means eternal misery. Folks, today, let me tell you what I believe. I believe those that do not know Jesus, they think that they are miserable now. There is nothing compared to eternal misery. You can be living it up right now. You can be living your life and you can just say, Preacher, I don't, I don't need church. Or as long as I go to church, I don't need to be saved. Or you can think about all these things. But I want you to notice what he says here uh, in that seventh verse. He says, Against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. God's judgment is not going to create a temporary uneasiness. It's an eternal uneasiness. Hell would not be hell. If it was temporary. What I mean by that is, if you, you know how some people say, just tough it out. Just be strong and just, just grit it just as long as you can. If I knew hell was going to be for a million years and we all lived happily ever after in the, in the presence of God, we would just tough it out. We would just hold on thinking in due time, it's all going to end. Folks, let me tell you something. When you die lost without the Lord, hell and eternity is not temporary. It is permanent. When we talk about riches, those things are temporary. But when we talk about the salvation with the Lord, that is permanent. You know what? This morning, God gave me something that He saved me. It's permanent. God, one of these days, is going to take this old body. He's going to take it off of that old soul. And I'm going to let my soul is going to bask in Him. And they're going to be given a new body. And that's going to be eternal. But you see this morning, what He says here, that, that this, this misery that's going to happen, He says... The perdition, he says, of ungodly men. That's what he's talking about here, of ungodly men. Our society downplays sin. Our society will just downplay it. Well, and, and, I, and I agree with it. We all sin, but that still don't make it right. You know what? There's some people in life we want to say, well, they're just human beings and they sin. And I agree with that. But that person needs Christ just like this person needs Christ. The old need Christ. The young need Christ. The people that go to church need Christ in their life. The people that don't go to church need Christ. The atheist needs Christ. The child in Sunday school, they're going to need Christ one day in their life. Everybody needs Jesus. Why? Because there's a judgment that's already been told. It's going to happen and they need Jesus. I'm not going to exclude anybody here today. I'm not going to exclude anybody out there today. I'm not trying to, to create a divide or a difference. But the fact is, if a person is a human being, they need Jesus. And that's why he said here, he said the son of perdition, excuse me, not son of perdition, uh, that's, that's a whole other sermon. Uh, but he says, of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. We know what this judgment is all about. It's about ungodliness. You know what I believe God does while we're here in this life? He shows you your ungodliness. 
He shows you your unholiness about it. And you know what? When He shows you your ungodliness, He can give you godliness. He doesn't show you your lost sinfulness so that you might stay there. He shows you that so He can bring you out of that. Which side are you on this morning? Have you been shown that and brought out? Or have you been shown that and you're still there? If that is the case, you have been shown your sinfulness and you are still there, He said... He says of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Perdition means eternal. Where are you going to be eternally? If the Lord come in right now and He says, you know what? Let's go ahead and split everybody up. Let's divide it. Where are you going to be eternally this morning? I can tell you this. I know that I'm going to be eternally in the presence of the Lord. What about you this morning? You've been told, not because the preacher stood up on Sunday morning and said, well, there's a judgment that's going to happen. You're not being warned just by that. You're being warned by God's Word. And if God's Word says it, you know what I believe? I believe God's Word. And if God's Word says that there is a fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men, I believe it's going to happen. I want us to get a song this morning. Do you feel like that God has told you about a judgment and He showed you that you need to get out and get ready. Are you going to stay there? You know, sometimes the fire gets a little warm and it feels good. But what happens when the fire gets hotter? All of a sudden, that that feels good can start to destroy you. This old world that has comforting sin in it, it's just a fire. It's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. And one day, if you're a part of this old world, it's going to be destroyed. Just like God said, I destroyed this earth by water. He said, next time I'm going to destroy it by fire. Because of the sin and the wrongfulness of human beings. Folks, today, it doesn't take much to look around you to see all the sin that's going on. It starts in our own lives. Sin. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I turn. But I thank God today that I have a Christ, a Savior, that can draw me out of that. This morning, let's sing a song, Chance, that you picked out. Let's stand and turn to number 72.
didn't say yes, it is. To reign glorious things and go with him. Know that everything goes right in my life. And, uh, folks, I hope it is with you too. Uh, let me tell you, there's just something about fires and burns. And just Even the most minor burns, just, I thought, Lord, let me get over this. I, give us another beer. Let's put on some love, whatever. But to make, we want that burn and that pain to go away. But in hell, there is no relieving of pain. It's, it's, it's eternal. Uh, you know, we, it, it, it's, it's, it's sad to know that some people are going to experience that, not just for a little while, but eternally. Uh, it's not because that they have to, it's because they chose not to follow after him. God bless you this morning. I pray that God will help you all to find him if you have it. And if you have, folks, maybe rejoice in that this morning. So, has anybody got a word on your heart, something you want to say, or something you want to do this morning? You feel like it's on your heart. Anybody got anything?
in the end, it's all TNT that brand is all that's coming and doing all that work to sweep the forest doors and they'll open that at Rainy Eden, come there and do it all to, to blast them, to get rid of them very last. But they may see a different way in this parable to let more of the, the Father that they may stir up to do your will and be a soul winner for you. As we bring the lost unto you today, Father, your precious holy name. Release now to lead this place through the door to lead you where you are here, precious holy name. Amen. 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 Amen.